Good morning. The main text for this morning's sermon comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 128. So if you still have your Bibles handy, would you please turn with me to Psalm 128, verses 1 to 6. Psalm 128, verses 1 to 6. And we'll read this together. Verse 1. Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall be the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. And may God the Holy Spirit grant his grace for us to understand the passages <laughs> before us, but it's always this open in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank thee so much for the word of God that has been divinely preserved for each of us this morning, that we have it in our own hands and can read it at any time, and it is as though God himself is speaking to us. Help us to understand the passage before us this morning and to take it to heart and be blessed by it. For we ask it in our Savior's name as we give thee thanks for thy love for us. Amen. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, says verse 1. We read that the fear of the Lord is the key to all blessedness or happiness. Now, we must realize, first of all, that there is more than just one kind of fear. There are, if you wish, at least two kinds of fear. There is the right kind of fear and the wrong kind of fear. The wrong kind of fear enslaves the soul. It brings terror, not blessings. It has great apprehension in it, such as a rebel or a criminal would feel toward his triumphant or sovereign Lord, Master. It is the kind of apprehension that a warring debtor would have against his stern and ruthless creditor. A conscience-stricken criminal experiences this kind of fear when he stands before a righteous judge. This kind of fear brings only torment and self-reproach. But there is also a second kind of fear, the right kind of fear, a fear that brings reverence and blessings or happiness. This is the kind of fear that is spoken of here in verse 1. It is like the fear which a child feels towards his or her honored parent, a fear to offend and displease. It is the kind which they who have been rescued from destruction feel toward the benefactor or rescuer who nobly and sacrificially interposed on their behalf for their safety. 
This kind of fear dreads to act unworthily of his kindness. This fear is surely found to reside in the heart and soul of every pardoned and grateful rebel when standing in the presence of a gracious king and is then allowed presence before his throne. Those who have this kind of fear dare never to forget their rescuer's goodness lest they regret having done so and regret it afterwards forever. Such is the fear which the believer now has or is to have, a fear which has reverence for his majesty, gratitude for his mercies, dread of displeasing him, desirous of his approval, and a longing for the fellowship of heaven. This kind of fear, the right kind of fear, leads to obedience and companionship. But please notice also that fear and walking go hand in hand in order to produce blessedness. It would be the height of hypocrisy to say that one fears the Lord and then walks contrarily to that claim. And what does it mean to walk in his ways? Why, it is nothing more than simply obeying his word as expressed in our Holy Bible. Psalm 19, 7 to 11, tells us that the law of the Lord converts the soul and that the testimony of the Lord makes the simple wise and that the statutes of the Lord rejoice the heart. Furthermore, the commandments of the Lord enlighten the eyes and the judgments of the Lord warn the servant and that faithfulness to those commandments bring great reward. Thus, to enjoy God's blessings, we must be active. We must be walking in his ways by obedience to his word. For the Lord Jesus reminds us of this very same thing in John chapter 13, verse 17. If ye know these things... Happy are ye if ye do them. Now we come to verse 2. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. To walk and to receive a reward from it is God's blessing to the servant. Our God is a God of labors, honest toil, is always blessed of God. Though we have been called by grace, we are nonetheless not to leave our worldly labors. We are not promised a blessing upon romantic idleness or unreasonable dreaming, but rather upon hard, honest work. Although we are all in God's hands, we must still be supported by the labor of our own hands. God will give us daily bread, but it must be made by our own labors. The promise here in verse 2 is that our labor shall be fruitful and that the man who does it shall enjoy the reward of it. And yet how lamentable 
to often see men labor in vain, toiling under cruel earthly masters with no reward, no rest, and with no hope. The happiest state on earth is when we have something to do, the strength to do it in, and a fair return on what we have done. In such a state, a soul will hate covetousness. 1 Timothy 6, 8 tells us, And having food and raiment, let us therefore be content. Now we come to verse 3. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. A happy family and a peaceful home is God's will for all of his children. Just as a wife was given to Adam as a helpmeet in the garden of paradise, so is she given to each husband today as a helpmeet to share in his blessedness and in the increase of it. A good wife is fruitful in kindness, thrift, helpfulness, affection, and good works. And truly blessed is the man who has such a wife. Proverbs 31, verses 10 to 31, describes her for us. She keeps the house. She is faithful. She is a faithful housekeeper. If you wish to find her, she is within the house, both inside and outside the home. And by her loving care, her husband is made so happy that he is glad to own her as an equal partner with himself. For though they be twain, they shall be one flesh. Then the psalmist speaks of the children who are like olive plants round about the table. Children are a gift from God, whether they be one, two, or many. They are meant to bring joy, happiness, excitement, in order to complete the state of blessedness in the family home. A child properly trained and cared for and nurtured in the fear of God can be a delightful joy to the parent, not only in the present, but also in the future. But sad to say, many children are not so. Broken homes and families are everywhere. Christless homes know nothing of the joy that this psalmist speaks of. Verse 4. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Please notice, not all men are married, and not all men are fathers. But those who are, and who fear the Lord, who are godly men, then this is the way that the Lord blesses them in domestic life. He makes their relationships happy and profitable. In this way, Jehovah God blesses God-fearing homes time and time and time again so that they continually enjoy domestic peace and human bliss. Family blessedness comes from the Lord and his plan to preserve a godly race of people for the maintenance of his worship in the land. It is to the Lord alone that we must look for it. 
Riches will not ensure it. Education will not achieve it. The choice of a healthy and beautiful bride will not accomplish it. Neither will a whole household of comely children do it. There must be the blessing of God. Verse 5. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Zion was the center of blessing. When people sought for mercy, they looked to Zion. It was always from the altar of sacrifice, from the mercy seat, from the Shekinah light, from Jehovah himself, that the blessings came to each of the holy saints of God. And it is no different today. The saint of God must continually look to Zion, to Jehovah God, to Christ, our Savior. And then we can be sure that all things will work to the good of them that love God, as we're told in Romans 8.20. Last verse, verse 6. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Solomon said, children's children are the crown of old men. And so they are. This is one of the great pleasures of the godly servant's life, that men live their young lives over again in and through their grandchildren. Though the circumstances around them may be in turmoil, there is nonetheless a peace within and a special rest that can only come from God and the assurance that it is well with my soul. So we come to the end of our sermon for this morning. A very short sermon, a very short but beautiful psalm dealing with the blessedness of a godly home. And I know some of you might be very disappointed with the brevity of my message this morning, but I will endeavor to bring you a much lengthier one the next time around. Again, before I step down from this platform, I must ask you this question. Are you in Christ this morning? Have you acknowledged your sins before a holy and a righteous God and repented of them, asking the Lord Jesus to forgive you them all? For it was Christ and Christ alone who went to the cross of Calvary and took the penalty of your sins and my sins upon his own shoulders and suffered our judgment himself. Only the shed blood of Christ is able to cleanse the sinner from all his sins. God has only one remedy for sin, and that is the cleansing shed blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, I trust that all who are here this morning have already received Christ as Savior and Lord. But if perchance you are not certain, won't you trust him this morning while you still can? He will not turn anyone away. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Acts 16, 31. Let's pray. Father, we thank thee for this beautiful psalm, this Psalm 128, that speaks of the blessedness of the home where the saints of God look to thee 
for those blessings. Part us now with thy blessings, we pray, and if the Lord be not come, may it please thee once again to bring us together around the Lord's table next Lord's Day. For we do ask it always in our Savior's name and for his glory. Amen.